And good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Today, we celebrate the Feast of the North American Martyrs. And with us to help illustrate uh, the lives of these uh, great heroic figures, we've got Dr. Christopher Shannon. He's the author of uh, American Pilgrimage, A Historical Journey Through Catholic Life in New World. He's associate professor in the Department of History at Christendom College, where he specializes in American history, American Catholic history, and historiography. And uh, Dr. Christopher Shannon, good to have you back here. Thanks. Hey, Al. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to be back. Well, let's talk about the North American martyrs. Uh, who who are they? Isaac Joga's name that comes to mind. Most people have yeah. that. Who was he, and who were his companions? Um, well, Isaac Jogues and Jean de Brebeuf are the are the main ones, the kind of the main Jesuits associated with the martyrs. They were they were simply they were uh, French Jesuits who uh, were among the uh, elite of French society in their time. They could have done anything uh, in France French society that they wanted to at a time when France was the the great power or becoming the great power uh, of Europe. But like so many of the Jesuits from these elite backgrounds, they kind of threw it all away to go out into the wilderness of North America to wow. save souls. Um, and it's, um, you know, it's really an incredible story, again, that the uh, that people of that kind of privilege, those people who had it all, yeah. uh, would, would, would give it all up um, and, you know, sacrifice, ultimately sacrifice their lives to spread the faith. Yeah. Not only do they have all the hardship that, Goes with frontier living, but they they don't have no idea what the language is. How where did they pick up a a, a, a that, dictionary for your on language? Yeah, I know that that is they they wrote the dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> that is and that is the most amazing to me is somebody who's you know just struggles with just Spanish or something <laughs> or basic, with all the textbooks and everything. But the Jesuits in their ministry and in the, the the piece today in Catholic World Report, I did kind of stress more on their, their evangelization methods, mm-hmm. uh, more than the, the martyrdom, um, is that, you know, they, they understood that, well, first of all, to, to spread the gospel, you have to at least share uh, a common language, and yeah. they uh, went through the, the hard work of just of, of learning, you know, pointing pointing at things and, uh, uh, you know, building up a vocabulary of, of things that way and then you know just discerning how um these native peoples kind of connected things through through grammar and there one thing you know to be to be fair or at least uh help us understand how they could do this they were tremendous linguists yeah that they uh now every language is different but kind of if you've been schooled in greek and latin and any number of other languages then uh, you have that kind of facility and uh, you know, though certainly the the leap to these Native American languages with with you know no help at all, except some you know sometimes there would be um, earlier contacts that had been made, and so there would be some native that would know something mm-hmm. of the French language, say, uh, and so to be able to kind of be a kind of mediator. But they knew that. And then this here's the key: is that they. Uh, even though some of the natives might have known French, they made the decisions like, no, we're not going to teach them French. We are going to learn their language. Yeah. We're going to first like humble ourselves to yeah. <laughs> to be little children and, and learn their language, but also um, uh, more kind of effectively communicate with them and to enable them to see this faith as something that can be their own, you know, that can be understood yeah. in their own language. They were, they were Frenchmen, you know, highly cultured Frenchmen and certainly proud of, of French culture. 
but they were also willing to see, to look for the good in, in this very strange and foreign and, you know, materially very primitive culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think their commitment to learning the language and evangelizing in the language is, is the kind of the best example of that. It's very incarnational. Uh, they oh, emptied, yeah, yeah, em- absolutely. emptied themselves of all their cultural prerogatives there, you know, the high French culture, that France, France, uh, that was, uh, f- that century was, I think, for instance, glory years. Um, yeah, and um, they empty themselves of all uh, those cultural prerogatives, and uh, they identify with uh, these people who. I mean, my guess is that these they, these were also men who were trained uh, very in very uh, sophisticated philosophical and theological s- systems. Um, so. Yeah, but the one thing that's kind of interesting about the story is that they they realized that that didn't exactly. that wasn't going to help them a whole lot here out in the wilds of Canada. Right. But now, as Aristotle said, or Saint Thomas, and that's that that great quote from both when he's you know he's, he's dressing his fellow Jesuits who are all very educated, and he said, "Let the Huron language be your." St. Thomas and your Aristotle. Uh, No, one thing, though, I mean, they certainly never left that behind. And when they are writing back to people in France, and there's what's great about the the French Jesuits is there's this tremendous record of their work there through a a series of publications called the Jesuit Relations. So they wrote, you know, though many of us like, well, how do we know about John de Brebeuf? He died. Well, before he died, before he was martyred, um, all the Jesuits there were expected to write down their accounts in French, of course, and then send them back to to France as a way of, uh, you know, kind of sharing their work with the people in France, but also as a way of kind of fundraising uh, and uh, to show here's the great work we're doing and, mm-hmm. you know, we, we need money, but also we need men. And a lot of them were inspired by earlier Jesuit relations to uh, to go to North America themselves. But in their reflections on the native people, so they're they're always making these connections. Oh, that's kind of like uh, this this concept in Saint Thomas, or that's mm-hmm. like this concept in Aristotle, or most especially, they would often uh, compare the native peoples to uh, the ancient pagans and say, oh. you know, even like they they look like a noble Roman or something, you know, because because that, yeah. that was that was their main mind. Of course, they didn't know any ancient pagans. But they knew of them through through their classical education, right. which was, you know, I think we kind of forget, like, you know, the Romans were pagans. Yeah. <laughs> They're the That's ones right. that killed Jesus. And yeah. that there was always a kind of gap there that uh, medieval and early modern Christians and, and we today, Christians today, have to, to leap over to say, well, what do we have in common with these uh, pagans? And then the big thing that they got from that classical education was the ability to see like natural, some kind of natural virtue in the non-Christian world, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and so, and they used that model of how the early Christians, you know, took what was good uh, from the pagan world and and Christianized it, uh, and so they, the 17th century Jesuits saw themselves as doing the same thing with the native cultures, rather than just dismissing them as like, you're barbarians running around. Well, maybe not in loincloths up in Canada, but still (laughs) running around in uh, deerskin or whatever. Uh, And you just need to become Frenchmen, that they said, no, no, no. Um, And actually, they they not only saw some natural virtues in them, but often compared them very favorably, both to the kind of the rough kind of Frenchman that would be likely to be out there and on the frontier who wasn't a Jesuit, you yeah, know, and, yeah. not, and the French, not so much the soldiers, but just the fur trappers. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and more importantly, and this is interesting, because especially when you consider that these these writings of theirs were sent back to France, they weren't just for you know internal Jesuit consumption, but they uh, consistently favorably compared the material simplicity of Native American life to the the decadent excess of the French court. Wow! You know, it's like okay. look at these people; they're they're pagans. They don't have Jesus Christ, but they live simply. They're they're not fired by greed for gold. They're not fired by lust and vanity. Uh, you know, pretty much like you <laughs> you uh, French Catholics in the in the in the court of uh, I guess it'd be Louis the Thirteenth at that time, but still even before Louis the Fourteenth, things were were pretty decadent. Well, um, so it's 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 these these writings are very interesting. Yeah. On that level. I, I've heard I've heard uh, the reports of the Jesuit relations, uh, and I, I'm trying to recall, I, many years ago, I interviewed a fellow who made the point, and help me clarify if this is true or not. Yeah. Made the point that the the Jesuit relations, that body of material, is a, a, kind of a, a precursor to the later discipline of cultural anthropology. Oh, oh, very much so. Yeah, yeah. that they are um, in the in in my book, I uh, in American Pilgrimage, I, I make that comparison. Obvious, it's not yeah. certainly not unique to me. Um, people that have, have read that are are familiar with it, and it is in terms of its kind of um, cultural awareness and ability to cross uh, cultural divides. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, in that sense, in a technical sense, it's a precursor to. Uh, anthropology to modern anthropology, although it is, you could say, anthropology with a specific purpose, yeah. you know, the, the purpose of evangelization, and this is what kind of goes wrong, let's say, later, in, in later or more kind of, you know, 20th century versions of what the Jesuits were doing. And the 20th century Jesuits at a certain point just said, well, the, the, I understand this native culture, and it's fine the way it is. They don't need Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, you know, anthropologists, as scientists, they were like, well, you know, we can't interfere with these people. We're just right. trying to understand them. Although in modern <laughs> anthropology, really has been wrapped up with the whole process of modernization. Yep. You know, whether they intended it or not. And cultural Whereas, relativism. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, that too. Although a, a relativism that ends up not being particularly relative, they all have been <laughs> developed. You know, to be like us, you know, modern Western people. That's right. And the uh, uh, the Jesuits, you know, certainly, and this is a point I make that. In terms of development, the the key thing that the Jesuits and like the Franciscan missionaries before them said is like they could deal with a lot of cultural diversity except founder gatherers. It's like no, you you need to be in a settled community um, if if we're going to evangelize mm-hmm. and if you're in, if you're going to live a Christian life. And that that was a kind they saw that as a kind of universal that uh, this this settled pattern of life. But that being said. They were very critical of again of civilization as it existed at, at the high level in the you know particularly in the French court. So yes, they wanted to make uh, farmers out of these natives, and then the the Huron were the one group that um, were most op- open to that, and you know they've been doing that before. And then when the Jesuits said, well, we need we need to settle you in these communities, it, it wasn't as different from their earlier life as. Uh, as with other groups, like the, the Iroquois were, though know, the Iroquois did some farming, it's like the women did the farming, and the men were warriors and hunters, and uh, they were uh, much harder to uh, to evangelize. And that's, you know, the um, the Jesuit, like uh, Yogs and Debrebeuf, when they are martyred, they're not martyred by the Hurons that they're serving, they're martyred by the Iroquois, mm. the group. Yeah, uh, and point. because they are caught in this war, 
that the, the all the native groups, you know, once once the Europeans come, they align themselves with align themselves with various European groups. And so the, the Jesuits and the Hurons are with the French. The Iroquois are with the, the Dutch and the English, the Protestant Dutch and English. And so yeah. these uh, these martyrdoms occur in that context. It's not simply that the Iroquois, you know, reject the faith. I mean, they did reject the faith. Right. Uh, and that they're that they're uh, attacking these, these priests uh, just because they, they hate uh, the faith, but they are attacking them in the uh, you know, in the name of these these other European powers as well. Wow. Oh, this is, there's so much more we could talk about here. The the, the difficulty of translating prayers, for instance. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. But uh, we don't have the time today. Chris, thanks. Uh, very helpful. Oh, well, okay. Okay. Well, thanks a lot for having me. Happy yeah. to be back anytime. All right, Dr. Christopher Shannon. Again, wonderful book called the called American Pilgrimage: Historical Journey Through Catholic Life in the New World.